Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. It's time for the B-A-Q-A, the B-A-Q-A, the B-A-Q-A with Manday, the B-A-Q-A with Tiffany, the B-A-Q-A. We also have a guest in the studio today, and that rhyme today. Hey, I, mean, <laughs> I only contribute time. something to that song, and it's the A at the end, and you just <laughs> try to snatch it from me. Um, so we have a guest in the stew. But remember, first and foremost, um, when it comes to the BAQA, we are not your doctors. We're not your attorneys. We're not your um, your mom, your dad. But we are smart brown girls that know a thing or two about business, about career, you know, about um, about uh, career. What did I say? Career, working, business, entrepreneurship. And you are going to take our advice with the smallest grain of salt. You're going to lean into the people that you pay for advice, a.k.a. sue your granny, not us. Um, all the lawyer people love when we do the disclaimer. Oh my gosh, the people love to call me today. Spam. Um, all the ready, all the um, attorney people love the disclaimer. Um, so in the studio today we have Brandis Daniel. <sighs> the crowd goes wild. If you were here, as you ought to have been, um, for Wednesday's episode, you would know who Brandis is already. But if you're not, that's okay. I'm going to introduce her. Um, briefly, Brandis is um, not only she a personal friend of mine, um, she is a um, forging a strategic brand. She, well, with over 15 years of invaluable experience, Brandis has forged strategic partnerships with Fortune 500 companies. Um, she has been this global catalyst for transformative change when it comes to introducing black and brown designers to the larger finance, uh, the larger fashion world. So, for example, if you remember when um, the LeBron James decided to do a sneaker, a basketball sneaker for women, um, they came to Brandis and, and HFR, and and Brandis helped to connect him right with three black women fashion designers. Yep. Um, and those sneakers um, just exploded so much sold so out that in five minutes. Sold out in five minutes, yeah. and Brandis shared. I don't know if this was off air or on air, but shared that those sneakers had over seven billion impressions on social media. Yes. You know? Yes. And so Brandis makes that connection. Um, Brandis, so she founded Harlem Fashion Row, which started off um, at first as fashion shows, but now has expanded to be this connector of the industry. Um, she also has Icon360, which is a 501c3 uh, nonprofit organization. Brandis has her own podcast, um, um, Fashion in Color, and this beautifully shot it's a podcast, but it's also this really beautifully shot show that like you have to go and watch. Where where, th- where can they watch that show, Brandon? On YouTube. On YouTube. On YouTube. Yeah. And so she's just honestly like there are she is a true Renaissance woman. So it's funny that's Harlem because Harlem fashion, Harlem Renaissance. But when it comes to um, the fashion industry 
being inclusive of black and brown people. If you are not familiar with her book, volume one, um, Fashion and Color, I mean, it is absolutely beautiful. It's A to Z, black. Is, is it also Latinx or just black? I think there's black designers in this one. Right. And so future volumes will include black and brown. Yes. Designers of color. I love yes. the promise of volume one. Yes. Like, yes. There will be more. There and will so, be more. And that's you having this, accountability. I can yes. see. I know what you did there. <laughs> I love that. That's so what I said. Smart. There's going to be the one, then there people are going to expect the two. So let's go. And yeah. so this yep. is what Brandis does. And so, but also too, so we know the the fashion side of Brandis, but for the BAQA purposes, Brandis is a amazing businesswoman. And this is one of the ways that we connect, you know, that we go on walks and talks with, and talk about business for hours. And so Brandis also has a book when it comes to business called, what is that book called again, uh, Brandis? Small Business, Big Partnerships. Small Business, Big Partnerships. And so Brandis is going to answer you know, a business question, but also ask a business question. So we welcome Brandis Daniel to the podcast. Round of applause. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> but um, honestly, go back on y'all on Wednesday and listen to that interview. It was A plus plus. Okay. Yeah. Um, so we're going to jump right into it, Brandis. Do you want to answer a question first or do you want to ask a question first? I have a burning question. Is that okay yeah. if I ask? Okay. So as I'm building, we're, we're in the process of continuing to scale HFR and, and grow. Um, and so we're trying to figure out, or I am really trying to figure out, like, what is that right mark for payroll? So how, when you're thinking about your business, like what percentage of your gross revenue um, it, do you pay in, in payroll to a staff? So this is a really good question. Mandy, do you have any feedback? Girl, I ain't got a staff. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, so this is how we figured out. Keeping it 100. For, <laughs> for my company. Um, so there's two things you want to consider. One is what is gross revenue? You know, you're making 100,000, you're making a million, 100 million. Like, so that that is part of it. Like, how large is the company? And then the second thing that you want to consider is what type of business are you in? So if you are in a business where you're producing physical things, you know, then the, the highest expense is really going to be probably production of that physical thing. Um, if you are in a business like mine, which is largely a service business, my highest expense is likely going to be on payroll and people. So you have to like be clear on the size of the company, but also how do we produce the thing? You know, is it a physical thing? Is it a service thing? And so, um, my CFO, um, what she did, she did a little research to see um, size of company. Um, you know, at the time, I think the budget was like, I don't know, maybe like making like $2 million a year. Plus the fact that we were largely a service-based business. And, you know, a, a quick search found that in general, 30% was what was healthy. Try not to exceed 30%. And so that's going to shift if we shift. So if the business becomes a $5 million a year company, it might be something else. Like, for example, Literature Academy is a little bit different because that's a much larger company. Um, and so we have, um, and, and also too, the budget NISA doesn't spend any money on ads. We don't run ads, but the Academy does. So the large chunk of change goes to um, marketing over there at the Literature Academy. So you want to consider those things. So for us, it's 30%, which, you know, I think we're probably a similar size. Um, Brandis, I didn't know you're, you're largely, I mean, although you have the books now, largely you're a service-based um, company. So I could safely say without knowing anything else that like maybe in that 30% range. 
And so what okay. that means is, is that once you kind of know your range, like if I'm being fully candid, it was a really hard year this year, but I didn't want to reduce salaries. We are currently up to 50%, which is way too high. But the reason why that's important is that I've had people on my team ask for raises because it's been a couple of years. But I know because I see the number, there's no money for raises. And so instead of saying ain't no money for no raises, I believe because the way I run the company and it's fairly small, the budget needs is a team of like five of us, is that we share our monthly, our numbers monthly. I share gross what we made. I share what we spent and then what's left over net. You know, and that made it easy to say, I'm not saying no to a raise because you're not amazing. I'm saying no, because the numbers ain't numbering. So, but it's like, so a solution to not being able to pay maybe as much as you'd like is that I am not integrating profit sharing into my company starting 2024, mm-hmm. where here's your base salary, which I'd love to pay you more, but we are already over what's really healthy for a size of a company. You know, so that means we have to make more before I can consider raises. But that doesn't mean that we don't have some really good quarters. And so what happens is now every quarter they get paid like I get paid. I have a base salary that I receive, but I also get an owner's draw. And that's when everything is paid and taxes are taxed and and saving is saved. There's money left over and I can draw money out of the company. Sometimes it's a lot, sometimes a little, sometimes it's nothing. But now every quarter, they're going to get a percentage of my owner's draw. Mm. And for the size company that we are now, I've decided, yeah, so it's a basically a bonus, but it really is a profit share, right? So now, instead of asking me for a raise, because I was like, this the raise, just so we clear. That's what I told them. I said, now you don't have to ask me. Now you can look in your department that you're working in and say, are we spending too much in this capacity? Can we reduce it? Also, where can I put my energy that's going to generate a larger return on investment? Because I know when the quarter comes around, we spent less, we've made more. Maybe there's an additional $50,000. Let's just say $100,000 for easy math. 20% of $100,000 is $20,000 goes in the bonus pool. And the way we split the bonus pool is that everybody's assigned a percentage based upon like what they do and payroll and stuff like that. So now you can do the own math like, ooh, of that bonus pool, 6000 is mine. So even though there's no raise for your base, um, and it never puts the company in additional danger because you only get paid that excess when there is excess. Now, that's uh, good, Tiffany. That's really good. A, when I tell you to, to figure out that solution, I was I was worried because I have really amazing team members and they can go someplace else and make more money. But I know they really love and enjoy working here. But we're adults. I have to make money to survive. And so I'm like, how do I say to a good person, I would love to pay you more. There's just not more money. And they understood that. But also, how do I maintain them? Because they can take their goodness someplace else. Mandy knows I was stressed. Right? Right? I was. Because I'm like, but I was like, you know, so I'm like, I wanted to be able to pay more. But I also am looking at the budget. Like, so if I overextend ourselves, and then I crash the company that we're all out of business next year and mm-hmm. no one has a job. And so your yep. job as a leader is to balance the good of the company versus the good of, you know, the individual people working there, including yourself. And so I am willing to give up a chunk of what I would take home to make sure everybody is good and everybody can eat, you know. Um, but yep. so now that alleviates some of this like feeling. So now they know that we're at 50 percent. So I said, we can't even consider raises until payroll is under 30%. Because once you get to 20, 25%, that means you're underpaying or you don't have enough people on staff. 
Now we can consider raising. Oh, we had 20%. We had an amazing year. Now we can consider increasing your base because the numbers dictate. So just in business, when you're navigating, and this is why I started my mentor, Tiffany.com, to have these kind of conversations with Black women, especially, right? Is that just like understand when you're navigating that like, you know, like, everyone is always going to want more. And that is a natural human thing. You know, I'm not upset about people wanting more because we're adults and, you know, we want to be able to take care of ourselves. Um, but it's like, how do I navigate so we can sustain? That is, the, that is the role of you as a leader. Now, everyone doesn't have to open the books up like I do. I just believe in doing so that they get to see, you know, because you can't do that with every team. If you know you have a team that everyone is not really pulling their weight and they can use that against you. But I have already curated the best of the best. You know, so I know I can share the full numbers and say, this is what we're working with. If you want more, here's some things. Bring me some ideas. What can we do? And when I tell you they were working hard before, but the way they're working smarter and more strategic is amazing to see. I mean, it's mind blowing. Like the way people are like, you know what we should do? That would have never happened before if I was just mom, Tiffany. I'm the mom of the business. We are all now CEOs. Everybody gets paid like I get paid. We all get a base. We all get an owner's draw. We all get to see the numbers. And so like, yeah, that's a, and I know that's a long answer to the question, but I wanted to give you greater context that, you know, as you are considering paying people to consider size of company, consider are you product or, or service base, you know, do your research on, on this size of company and product and service base. Where should I be? Um, not only with payroll, but where should I be with marketing spend? Right. what's health and safety there. You should really be, where should I be with operational expenses? And you should know what your percentages are because I check on them every two weeks to see, are we flexing too high or too low? Because too low mm -hmm. is bad too. At one point I was underpaying. That's why I gave everybody like a $20,000 raise that year because we were at like 15%. That means I'm underpaying you or we need more more staff. So that's going to help guide you, you know, not not your emotions, not how you feel about people, you know, but about like how, how business is best run in the most optimal setting. So I hope that's helpful. Well, that's so good, Tiffany. That's incredibly helpful. Thank good. you so much for that. No problem. Oh, well, actually, you know what? We're going to pause for a commercial break and we'll be right back in black. And I have a question for Brandis. Hey, BA fam. This episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, BA fam, our fellow entrepreneurs and creatives, this message is sponsored by Squarespace. It is the ultimate toolkit for crafting your online presence. With Squarespace, it's really about more than just building a website. It's about shaping your online identity and making your mark. So say goodbye to checkout headaches with Squarespace's flexible payment options. From credit cards to Apple Pay, they've got you covered. And if you live in an eligible country, they offer buy now, pay later options with Afterpay and 
and clear pay, which means that your customers have even more ways to purchase your products. So head over to squarespace.com and kickstart your journey with a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, don't forget to use our link squarespace.com slash brown ambition to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Just visit squarespace.com slash brown ambition to get your discount today. Remember, your online success story begins with Squarespace. So what are you waiting for? Let's build something extraordinary together. And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. All right, BA fam, you know we work hard and we play hard, but when it comes to investing and having your money in the market, you want your money to be working for you. That's exactly what the Betterment Automated Investment and Savings app can help it do. Keeps your money out there working hard and kicking you-know-what I love Betterment because it makes it easy for even a beginning investor to figure out how to put their money in the market and set it and forget it and be at peace with that because you know Betterment has got you covered with their automated investment and savings app. Their technology is going to give you advanced tools that are built to help you maximize those returns. All you got to do is visit Betterment.com to get started. Learn more about high-yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk. Performance not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. Do you ever have subscriptions that you forget about? I did. Mm-hmm. Do you have a hard time canceling those subscriptions because they seem tricky or time consuming? Raise your hand. I know it's you. Okay. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Yes. I can see all my subscriptions in one place. And if I see something I don't want, I cancel it with a tap. I've never had to get on the phone with customer service in order to do so. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Okay. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash brown ambition. That's rocketmoney.com slash brown ambition, rocketmoney.com slash brown ambition. And we're back in black and brown. So Brandis, my question for you in business is, um, you have gotten like you like you are literally known for your ability to partner with brands in a way that I've never seen before. I mean, I get brand partnerships, but like even during rough times, brands still seek you out to partner with you. Like, what do you think that like what is that what is that it factor that you're presenting that attracts brands even when like this was a rough year for influencers in general? I've seen a lot of influencers go back to work because they're no longer attracting brands. And that has not been you know, maybe money has reduced or it's slowed a little bit, but you very much are still connected with the brand. So why, what's the it factor that you're bringing to the table that like we can all learn from? So there's a few things that we've done that um, I think has been really helpful. Number mm-hmm. one, we, from day one, we had press and people don't realize how important press is. And because we took the time to really build relationships with editors, a lot of times when we we get featured in something, the editors will also mention the brand that we're partnering with. Well, the brand can't do that. You know, that is that is something that is very unique to partnership with with HFR. Most brands know that if they do something really dope with HFR is going to get covered, is going to get picked up. 
So I highly recommend people who want to get brand partnerships, hire a publicist. You know, if you don't know what a publicist is, a publicist is someone who helps to get whatever you're doing covered in press and media. And it's so important to brand partnerships because it's another way that they can attract value, right? They're tracking value through through press. Um, the other thing is like we try to keep relationships outside of just when we want to do a brand partnership. And so our goal is like let's host dinners and breakfasts. Like sometimes I'll host things that are my home for our brand partners, whether they're partnering with us or not to really build this relationship where we're having constant communication. And when I talk to them, I'm not asking brands like, okay, can you go and partner with me? I used to have this whole pitch that I used to do. I don't have a pitch anymore. Um, now when I get on with a brand, I'm really interested in hearing what they're up to, what their goals are, how I can help support them through HFR. So I had a call yesterday with a huge brand, probably one of the top five brands in the world. And I was going to pitch them sponsoring some events. But before I did that, I said, well, why don't you tell me kind of like, what have you done this year that's worked and how are you guys moving mm -hmm. forward? And she said to me, Brandis, we need more things that provide us a real ROI. So I started talking to her about our fashion and color show, which is I'm claiming the number one fashion podcast in the world, claiming it now. And um, I started talking to her about that. And she was like, that's something that I can actually measure. You know what? Let me know what it looks like to sponsor your second season, the all 16 episodes. Yes. But it's because I sat back and instead of me pushing my event that I wanted them to sponsor, mm -hmm. I asked the question that gave me the answer to know what to tell her, you know, something that could actually maybe provide a solution for her. So I'm always okay. looking at like, how do I serve, how do we serve our brand partners um, through our platform? And I think that has been like so valuable. The way that we approach brand partnerships is very service based versus I'm just going to pitch you and see if you're going to come on board. And we do things for brands for free all the time. Mm. We just hold something for a brand for free. I didn't charge them anything because it's a relationship. And mm -hmm. I don't want the relationship to always be transactional. And so I saw this thing. I saw the brand. I could tell they were struggling to get the word mm -hmm. out to the designers. And I said, do you know what? Do you want us to host um, a meeting for you with designers? And they were like, yeah. And so we got like 50 designers on a Zoom, you know, that they may not have been able to reach. But for us, that's a way that I can serve them. They've been a partner for ours for five years. So I don't have to charge them for everything we do for them. So it's like, mm -hmm. how do you, how do you serve? That is the best way to approach brand partnerships. Mm, that's really good. The outreach has to be massive. Like a lot of times people reach out to like two brands or three brands. And then they're like, mm. oh, nobody partnered with me. Like we reach out to hundreds of brands. Like we, our effort is massive on our outreach so that we, at the end of the day, sometimes we have options. Sometimes we have to decide, okay, we can't actually do that brand and that brand. So let's go with this one. Um, so your outreach needs to be massive in order to make sure that 
Um, I just read a, read a book oversubscribed, Tiffany, which Mandy, you would love that book too. Um, and so how do you stay oversubscribed, which basically you have more demand than you even have, um, mm. you know, you have more, more demand than supply. You need to have, you need to have your sponsorship deck ready. Um, and you need to know what value you have to offer to a brand that is really, really important. And so when I went through the exercise with Tiffany and her team, one of the things that we did was we went through like, what is all the value that the budgetista has to offer? And they, I mean, Tiffany, I think we came up with a list of like 30 to <laughs> 30 things. Mm -hmm. um, so once you know that, that also informs who you reach out to, because then you can say, all right, well, my value is that I have a trusted community. My value is that people trust me to give them financial advice. Or in your case, Mandy, I know that you're a coach around careers. And so people trust me to give them like career advice, right? So then who are the brands who would want to partner with you around that? So I don't know, maybe it's Staples. Um, maybe it's a bank. Maybe it's a company that is focused on entrepreneurship. Um, so then that kind of like once you know your value, the next step is now, you know, what types of brands to reach out to because you can match your value with the brands. And then when you reach out to brands, which we call people think that like we've got all these relationships and we do. We have a lot of relationships, but there are so many new brands we reach out to all the time. Like my team just reached out to a brand and I was like, hmm. How is that partnership going to work? But they <laughs> people email us back. So we go on LinkedIn. We find their contact information. Um, we shoot them an email. Once we send them that email, you know, we follow up. Even if they don't hit us back, like we, we keep following up. And sometimes you have to do something that nobody else will do. I always say, like, Honestly, if you want to get anybody's attention, just do something other than email. Most everybody emails. So in the beginning of mm -hmm. HFR, I would send people cakes to their office. One time, our first brand partner, I sent a cake to their office because I knew people were going to go, whose birthday is it? Oh, it's nobody's <laughs> birthday. Well, who's at the cake? Harlem. And I said, they're going to have to say my name all day long. Harlem's yeah. fashion. And, awesome. you know, and so I've always done like, I'll send breakfast, I'll send cupcakes. I used to have a, an account with Melissa's cupcakes because I used to send so many cupcakes. Um, mm -hmm. Sometimes I'll send a Starbucks card. Like that's a great way for you to get the attention of a brand partner. Send an email Starbucks card and say, coffee on me today. I hope we get a chance to connect. I mean, uh, very few people. <laughs> Girl, this is good. I'm like, that is good. <laughs> There are very few people who will not email you back yes. after you've sent them a $10 Starbucks card, you know? Mm -hmm. And so those, if you do anything other than email, it will get people's attention because most people mm -hmm. are only going to email. Mm -hmm. So that's the other thing. Yes. Yes. Most people are going to send a DM via LinkedIn. They're going to shoot you an email, but they're not going to do like the extra step. And so if you're someone who's willing to do the extra step, you will get the meeting. But no, but she, I'm just thinking about if someone were to reach out to me in that way, you know, I'd be more likely to be like, oh, because it, it's called the law of reciprocity. That someone does something for you and you have this sense that you're just like, you know what? I have to like, you know, like I have to do something reciprocal to say 
I can spend 10 minutes on the phone because mm-hmm. this was a really nice gesture. You know, I think we don't realize that when we're asking of, of something of someone that to you, you see yourself as a singular ask to, to them, you're a sea of hands out. So I always, yeah. like I tell this to my mentees, I'm like, imagine I'm standing on stage and everyone's hand is out. And if one of those hands, there's a gift, which one do you think I notice? I don't care how small the gift is. I'm like, oh, there's a gift in that one hand. Let me explore that one versus everyone is always asking. Like everyone swears to ask is so unique. Tiffany, I'd love to spend just 15 minutes of your time. I don't have 15 minutes. <laughs> like, girl, there's yeah. literally times I'll be taking meetings, you know, damn near in the shower. Tiffany, I get the, hey, can you go have coffee with me? And I'm like, do you know what it will take for me to come meet you and have coffee with yes. you in person? <laughs> I know. That people don't realize that, like, and of course, no one's asking, like, from a rude place, but I don't think they understand fully, like, what they're asking, how they're asking, how ineffective that is, you know? Yeah. That unless you ask in a way that, you know, like, this, those who are really get it, they'll ask in a way where I can instantly see the value. I remember this is a woman who reached out to me. She was struggling with something, but then she casually dropped, you know, I run a nonprofit that manages over $50 million worth of da da da. I was like, oh, girl, what time? You, um, I walk every evening. If you don't mind the cars in the background, we can walk and talk. And we did. And it's been an awesome connection. But that was smart because she just said, hey, I have a question. But she knew to drop that jewel because I was like, yep. well, I can see there could be possibly be an exchange here. Yeah. You know? And so like, yeah. We do the same thing with brands all the time. I'm like, I'm dropping the jewels. I, I know mm. every event, big event that we do gets a billion press impressions. That is not normal. I know that that is like an extraordinary thing. So I drop that. Mm. I also do no pressure for brands. I, tr- I mm. you know, my thing is like, what's for us is for us. And so mm. we're always like, we're here. Oh, this, mm. you think this price is too much? Well, you know what? You know, we're here. We, we, mm-hmm. but what we, the reason the price is what it is, is because we provide excellence. So mm-hmm. if you want excellence, and I know that you do as a brand, you know, we're here and we're happy to provide you with excellent service from start mm-hmm. to finish, right? Um, but mm-hmm. we try not to adjust our prices because I've got people to pay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, sometimes, and sometimes people will think, oh, because you guys are doing good work, it's supposed to come, you know, at something that should cost 300000 They think it's supposed to come at 100000 And I'm like, no. Mm-mm. But so, Brandis, if the people want to stay connected, if they want to get your books, where can they do that? Yeah, they can follow me at Brandis Daniel on Instagram. My website is BrandisDaniel.com. Um, you can get the business, the book on partnerships, small business, big partnerships. It's the little black book to attract, secure and maintain partnerships with big brands. Um, you can go to Harlem's Fashion Row and get the fashion and color book if you're interested in that. But I'm going to be giving more business tips on my Instagram. So make sure you check me out there. Yes, please do. We thank you for coming on. You've just been excellent. If you didn't listen to Wednesday's episode, listen to it because we got deep into our business. Um, And if you really like this episode, we really encourage you. We're always trying to grow um, to share with your bestie, your work mom, you know, your your sneaky link. Girl, we don't care. Just share. (laughs) I just heard that word recently. Somebody just told me what that is. So I listen to something by right, which is sneaky link, right? So, so, so we encourage you to share, share, share um, with someone that you know that's gonna find value. And honestly, I've, I've taken notes from this. So if listen to it again, 
and take notes. Um, and so, you know what? Actually, we should have said this in the in the Wednesday episode, but we're going to put um, Brandis's links in the show notes. So just make sure you 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 look out for them there if you can't remember the link she shared. But we thank you, Brandis, for coming. Thank you for having me. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.